Hello and welcome to another episode of the Quarantine Podcast. Still here, your host, Ryan, with the roommates, Logan, Nick. We've made it through. This is the end of three weeks, guys. That's crazy. It's a lot of time. Yeah. Right? It does not feel like it's been three weeks, but it also feels like it's been 27 years. Yeah. Yeah, March March is a very long one. Felt and April's going to be just as long, if yeah. not longer. True. And then we get May. Yeah. And who knows what the fuck will happen then. Uh, so yesterday we ranked our top six Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. Today we're continuing the Marvel trend because we watched all the fucking movies in less than three weeks, which is impressive as hell, and it deserves two episodes. 22 movies, 16 days. Yeah, like that deserves two episodes on the podcast, no doubt. So today we are moving away from the movies and ranking our top six Marvel Cinematic Universe characters. That's right, it could be anybody. It could be... The cat in Captain Marvel. It could be the villain. It's Goose. In... Goose has a name. Goose. <laughs> okay. It, could, it could be Ben Kingsley as the fake Mandarin in Iron Man 3. Well, like... that was Ben Kingsley. Yeah, well, it was. Wow. Yeah, I didn't even notice at the time. <laughs> That's a great call. Uh, and it could be, I'm sure we're going to be talking about some heroes. I'm sure we're going to be talking about some villains. I'm sure we're going to be talking about Ned because we all love Ned from the Spider-Man movies. I don't think we're going to be talking about Ned. Ned was my seventh man. Okay, sure. <laughs> Ned, Ned is fun. Ned fucks, yeah. yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Ned and Betty, I ship, yeah. I ship. Yeah. Uh, I'll go right into my number six and get it started with Rocket Raccoon. Just missed. Mine. Okay, so kind of my number six because I had him and Groot as a dynamic duo as my number six. Uh, you can know, you have to choose. You no, have to choose. Why? You have to Sophie's choice, you're one of these. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, why? Because well, they're two I different think characters. What makes them great is their interactions. No, but they're two different characters. You can't separate them. But what makes Rocket better than Groot for me is Rocket has incredible interactions with every other character. It's not I just agree. his interactions with Groot that I get agree. him on this list for I me. agree, but I think Groot deserves some recognition for the hilariousness between them. So that's him, called an honorable mention. Yeah, give that's him recognition called, as your number. That's called a Rocket slash Groot at six. Nope, Rocket slash Groot is not allowed. Well, You're saying I control the whiteboard. Yeah, this is why we shouldn't have given Logan the whiteboard. I mean, I could delete one, erase one later. Um... But yeah, Rocket's an incredibly fun character. Like, from the time he's introduced in Guardians 1, I think he's by far the most, like, fun and serious of the Guardians. Like, he's the one that is obviously, like, the biggest, like, he's fucking with everyone and joking around. But when it's time for battle, he's ready to go. Yeah. Um, and he provides my favorite line, in, my two of my favorite lines in the Infinity Saga, which is when he's asking Bucky about getting his arm. He's like, I'll get that arm. And then when uh, Iron Man asked That's him... That's a hilarious... Yeah. Uh, Just that plot. bit that he loves yes. everyone's prosthetics. Yes. yes. So funny. And, and then when Iron Man and Endgame ask him if he's a Build-A-Bear, and he goes, maybe I am. <laughs> <laughs> the other good one is when... Uh, Thor's talking about, you know, so what do I have left to lose? And he just... Well, I have a lot to lose. Actually, personally, I have a lot to lose. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah the, I, I had a lot of trouble with who my number six was going to be, but... Like, when all was said and done, I'm like, fuck. And that's Bradley Cooper. So underrated. Yeah. He's phenomenal. People do forget that. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds nothing like him. Well, that's voice acting. I get it, but sometimes you listen to, like, you know, you watch Pixar movies and you could tell Amy Poehler is half uh, joy. Yeah. True. It'd be weird if it was Bradley Cooper as a raccoon. <laughs> they, needed to, they needed to change it up a little bit. I, have think, to, I think that would be great. They'd have to honest. make him such a hot raccoon. Yeah. <laughs> is he not already? I don't um, know. My number six is Killmonger. Uh, my number five. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
um, played expertly by Michael B. Jordan. Yes. Probably the best villain uh, in all of Marvel, potentially opinion, behind Thanos. Definitely. But definitely. I think I think Killmonger gets it. I think uh, um, Thanos is great because he's like more terrifying and has bigger ambitions and a bigger scale of destruction. Yeah. But Killmonger was more beautifully crafted and like you understand his intentions way more and you kind of get them. Like, yeah. Uh, and I think like obviously Michael B. Jordan is phenomenal. Acts the hell out of it. Like yeah. every scene, he, yeah. the scene when he enters the throne room and he's like, "Hey, auntie," and yeah. then like everything around that, like ask me who I am. Like yeah. all of that is just extra. So also good. the when he like reveals the bumps and like you think it's just one arm, then it's yeah. two arms, then it's his whole chest, and he's like, yeah. "I've been preparing with all," and you're like, yeah. "Oh shit, he came to play." Yeah. yeah. He also looked terrified. Terrified in this movie. Yeah. Like he just hair, he just yeah. looks like he's like. Bigger and stronger also than Chadwick Boseman. A great meme is this your king? You yes. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Can never can never underrate the meme element of the whole thing. Absolutely, that's part of the criteria. So I, I'm gonna say Killmonger was my four. Um, just to, You're skipping around. That's a, just I don't know. So cool. No, because my five also stays in the Black Panther universe. It's Okoye. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okoye is without Okoye, T'Challa would be so dead. She takes zero bullshit. Like, she is, like, the straight shooter of Black Panther. And for me, like, even in Endgame when they're, like, it's an earthquake under the water and ScarJo is, like, what do we do about it? And Okoye is, like, it's under the earth. We do nothing about it. Well, hopefully that's <laughs> Namor the Submariner, but we'll get to that. We'll um, get to that. But, just, like, when they're, they go to do, like, the heist in the casino place, like, she keeps the shit together and she's an awesome warrior and a soldier in Infinity War, when Scarlet Witch finally comes down to join the battle, and Okoye's just like, what the fuck was she doing up there this whole time? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love her so much. She yeah. definitely grounded, I feel like, the Black Panther movie. It's, it allowed, it gave, like, a different perspective versus, like, Lupita Nyong'o's character. Like, yeah. they had, like, opposite sides of the coins, and you love both. And also, she was taking none of Killmonger's shit when he technically had control over her. Like, you knew she was going to be yeah. the one to rise up the entire time, and then she does wonderfully. And she also gets M'Baku and them on their on the side of T'Challa. Yeah. Oh, M'Baku is such a great character. <laughs> he, he really is. Almost, made, my, almost made it. Honestly. Yeah. Honestly, almost he's, made it. Uh, he, and like, one more Black Panther movie that he's a big part of, and I think he, yeah. that's the thing. Yeah. Same, I think Okoye got a little more love in Infinity War and Endgame than M'Baku yeah. did. Um, but, like... That Killmonger was like, uh, it was only one movie, so that didn't do enough for me. But like, that was why it was like six. Yeah. Versus like, and he's the best villain. I got that. My yeah. number five, also a kind of a not as many movies so far. Valkyrie. Oh um, wow. I think she absolutely steals the show in Thor Ragnarok. I agree. Um, and she doesn't get a lot in. She's not in Infinity War at all. I don't think. And she gets a little bit in Endgame. Awesome when she's riding the Pegasus and doing all that shit. Yeah. Um, so I have a question for you. Yes. So you are super into the like comics and that whole yes. thing, where Ryan, whereas Ryan and I are obviously not mm -hmm. as much. So does this ranking have any effect from that? Or just no, because movies? I do not know who Valkyrie is in the comics. Oh. I didn't even know who she is. Okay. Uh, I think this is more of like future because she is now the king, the king of Asgard, oh, yeah. um, searching for her queen. Which I hope would be Captain Marvel because that would be fucking sick. Whoa. That's like a big internet ship. Is that <laughs> her, and, her and Captain Marvel become uh, a couple? 
Whoa. That'd be crazy, Whoa. right? And they've like kind of like Brie Larson and Tessa Thompson. Have, like, yeah, they've talked about like wanting to do. They've it. They've been like, like teasing that. it on social media. I think Whoa. It, that'd be that'd dope. Be sweet. That'd be dope. She was very close to making. I'm a big Valkyrie fan as well. She's awesome, and I think this is a more of like a future potential. Like she, I think, stole that movie. Incredible in Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, she, she really is. Really yeah, and it's kind of funny that Tessa Thompson and Mike. I was literally about to say the same thing. Creed. They're oh, yeah. a couple of Creed. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Great um, movie. And just two phenomenal actors. Like, yeah. that's the reason they're up there. Is yeah. They're acting the hell out of these characters in very limited roles. No doubt. Tessa and Michael B. Jordan, they just kind of run the world. Yeah. Yeah. As they should. Uh, I'll let you go into your four, Logan. Because sure. I, I, I went super out of order yeah, you, and went to my you four. Really, yeah. Unbelievable. You were talking about Killmonger. I didn't want it to come back to him That's later. our podcast. That's the entire point of the podcast. It just seems like number four. Might come as a bit of a, of a surprise to the two of you, Peter Parker. Why is it that? I'm, I'm surprised. Because yeah. that's surprised. I thought you would have said Captain America. I would have been like, whoa, no, what no, are we no. doing? Well, so, hates Captain America. No, stop. Uh, no. So I really, Tom Holland just absolutely nails. Spider-Man. This is far from home. Really jumped him. I think, oh yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And also just like, kind of understanding the. Um, whole idea of like being in high school but like and trying to like uh prioritize his high schooly type of needs and yeah like wanting to go on a walk with the girl he likes and tell her he likes her yeah Yeah. and i think that's like and he really nails that like oh that's a really hard decision between like do i defeat like someone who's going to i think is going to like kill a thousand people or whatever or like Go talk to this girl that I like. And both are, and probably talking to the girl is harder for him right. than right. defeating exactly. the Exactly. Exactly. That's yeah. Um and I and he nails it. Like he's yeah. very funny and charming and all that stuff. Um, yeah, he's very good at It's why you need a high school Spider Man. That's yeah. where Spider Man works. Yeah. As this awkward high school kid. And his whole relationship with Tony Stark is Great. Yeah, I did not think it was gonna be good when I first did it. I was like, they need to kind of separate it, but they I think they really it's really added to the character in ways that you couldn't do in any any other comic. Just right? Tom Holland as Peter Parker like gives me flashbacks to when watching Andrew Garfield try to be high school Peter Parker, and it was the worst oh, thing God. I ever watched. Oh God, that movie. Okay, yeah. yeah, we need to get away from that. Number four, I'm sure Logan will be talking about him later. Uh, Hawkeye. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Uh, I know Logan's not the biggest fan. He needs um, Hawkeye almost. I don't hate Captain him. America. I just yeah, don't know what he brings to the table. I think he brings a grounded human element. And I, it wasn't evident in Avengers. He's not doing much in Avengers. I think post-Ultron, he becomes the grounded member of the team. <coughs> I don't have it, I promise. <laughs> um, Ultron, I think he's the MVP. Him with his family, he gets the best quips. Um, he's the one that kind of like, he gives that pet talk to Scarlet Witch at the end, uh, or close to the end. Yeah. Like, you walk out that door, you're an Avenger now. And I think that really just summarizes. That was good. Yeah. That was a good moment. And I him. think that like, in it becomes like he is just this guy with a bow and arrow, with this kind of what his wife said. It's this, I see these like gods and magic men, and you are just a dude with a bow and arrow. And he still goes out. And yeah, it and does, cr- he kind of does cr- some For stuff. a normal guy with no, I mean, his superpower is shooting a bow and arrow and also wielding a sword. Yeah. He has no, like, mythical powers, and he's kind of like a badass for doing that. Yeah, the opening scene to Endgame where his family blips, 
and then he's like seeing the damage. I think is an amazing like yeah. Yeah. opening, and then him as Ronan and like all that happens through that. Yeah, I don't know. It just I think when he's on screen, it just I think it's funny and kind of grounds I everything. Can, That's I can see him, him and like Mark Ruffalo kind of becoming like as the, they start forming the new Avengers and whatever like around Cap Marvel Spider-Man I can see them being almost like the mentors especially with the rumors that the Hawkeye Disney Plus series is going to be him training his daughter which oh that'd be great um, like him and Mark Ruffalo especially because Hulk like the rumors he can't fight now because his arm was fucked up after the snap mm. Logan doesn't know that rumor because you just watched I, the movie that's also I, that's just out of the blue we don't know that yeah it's not it's not confirmed but it might be a thing sure um I could see, like, Jeremy Renner still playing a very important role as Hawkeye in, like, the future of superheroes in this world. Yeah. Potentially, yeah. Yeah. Ryan, you haven't talked for a while because you gave, like, all of yours in the first minute. What's your number three? My number three is my favorite superhero of the MCU in terms of actual powers. It is Thor. It's also my number three. Oh. Yeah. Um, Not on my list. Yeah, I know. Obviously. Thor would be my number three even if, like, he didn't become funny, probably. Because his superpowers are my favorite. Mjolnir is my favorite weapon. Now yep. Stormbreaker. Like, Second best weapon in the whole We're universe. not getting into it. We're not nope. getting into it. <laughs> nope. We're not getting into it. Uh, Yondu's yeah, no. dead for a reason. Yeah, well, we're yeah. not getting into it. <laughs> okay, yeah. Thor is great. No, I have no problem with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No problem with that at all. Um, yeah, and post-Ragnarok, it kind yeah, of there was something. more. There was just something about the... I think the first two movies were weak enough that I just can't put That's him fair. in this list because... None of these other people were in a bad movie. They took opinion. him too seriously. Where Taika Waititi yeah. realized this dude's like a god of a civilization right. and throws a hammer around. He's and also, funny. Hemsworth is funny as hell. He's one well, of if the, you ever yeah. saw the the Ghostbusters remake that came like he steals the show in that movie. Yeah, because he's funny. Like he, he plays their secretary and yeah. he's. Oh, so I thought you meant the Men in Black reboot. With no, 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 which did not look good. No, he was he was the secretary in the in Ghostbusters. Uh, woman, Go- Ghostbusters. Um, and he was like so hilarious and Taika Waititi probably saw that and was like oh this guy's got comedic chops it's time to make Thor the guy that Chris is I don't you you might have seen him Ryan I don't know you have but like I think it was uh, during Civil War they did like a a short during Comic Con where Thor's like has a roommate who's just another human and he's just palling around like the earth it's so funny and okay. like that was like oh shit crimson Hemsworth can actually do comedic acting yeah um i'll show we'll show it to you afterwards I, it's I, hilarious i think thor with the guardians is gonna produce possibly the best mcu standalone movie uh, yeah with i don't know if the they're gonna movie. stay together for the entire movie though i hope they do but if i don't yeah. know all that they, is, all that's that'll been, be sweet as hell all that's been announced is that they the guardians are in the next thor movie yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Yes. Whoa, nice. I think Thor comes out before Guardians. Yeah, Guardians yeah. has, like, Thor's in production or wasn't, pro- who knows at yeah, this yeah. point, but yeah, Guardians, I think, is being written now. So. Um, and it's supposed to start shooting next year, but who knows? Next year, we could still be making episodes of this podcast because we're still in this apartment. Yeah, <laughs> let's hope not. We'd uh, kill each other before then. I hope not. Um, We'd eat Logan first, though. <laughs> Why I'm the skinny? That seems like the yeah. That's... <laughs> um, so okay, my number three. Every single scene this person is in, you know, it's about to be amazing uh, because this actor is probably the best actor in the whole in the whole series. It's Nick Fury. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think for me, every time I see, obviously not like the most compelling 
character or like super, obviously not a superhero or whatever. But I think every time this person's in a scene, you're like, oh, there's going to be a big change in something that's about to happen. I'm, I'm about to learn something about one of these characters or about like a new plot or something like yeah. that. And that makes it really fun. And and I think like I correlated those scenes to him being in it, obviously because he's like the main uh, focal point. He's the for, aggregator. He's the main focal point for change uh, in the show and other characters learning about new shit and therefore yeah. I learn about new shit. Um, and I just think that's a really fun character to have. And also Samuel L. Jackson is Awesome. Yes. Yeah, he, he plays him really well. I find it funny, like, when we finished the movies, we were talking about our favorite superheroes, and Logan didn't want to include Nick Fury in that <laughs> conversation. Because he's not a superhero. That's not crazy. That's, uh, I, yeah, it, I, I don't know. I felt like he was, he's the one that needs to be on there. Though. Yeah. I don't know. I see what you mean, but, like, yeah. it's just. I never said I didn't like him. I just said I don't think of him as a superhero. And he, yeah, that's, that's fair. Yeah. And I, his supporting work in, like, Winter Soldier, you know, the, like, one-off appearance he has in, like, Ultronics are yeah. great. Yeah. But him and Captain Marvel uh, is he's just so, so incredible. And he's also playing it so differently than how Nick Fury is. Right. And he and he nails it. Of Like, this is still kind of the new guy who's, like, still figuring stuff out. Yeah. And then he gives an incredibly layered performance in Spider-Man Far From Home. Right. Because oh. it's not really Nick Fury. And you kind of catch him more on the rewatch. Yeah. I've noticed that, like, you catch some of the more details of, like, that's not... The yeah, Nick Fury. That's interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Nick Fury's great, and on his tombstone in Captain America: Winter Soldier, yeah. they put a Pulp Fiction, Pulp Fiction reference, and that's my favorite movie, The Path of the Righteous Man. So I'm all for it. I'll go right into my number two, and I have a feeling this is going to be Nick's number two as well. Tony Stark. No. My number two. Whoa. Not on my list. Whoa. Just, just edged out. In my, but I couldn't do it. But I, I get it. So I, I, get I know, it. I know what you're thinking. I just said Thor is my favorite superhero, but Tony Stark's the best personality yes. of of the whole overarching. I don't agree. Twenty three movies. Sure, you don't agree. Whatever. But for me, like the way you just described Nick Fury is like, oh, when he's in a scene, you know something like important is about to happen. That's how I feel about Iron Man from the first Avengers movie. That I agree with. That I agree with. I think. Tony Stark, obviously a uh, flawed person to start the series, and then seeing his character growth yes. is really interesting and fun. Uh, and, and Robert Downey Jr. just makes every scene he's in his bitch. Right. He just, yeah. everything so, is... Yeah. And also the way he uh, interact and the way he like chooses to interact with, like, so differently with all these different characters. Yeah. The way he treats um, Hulk versus the way he treats Captain America, like... And versus Spider-Man. It's yeah. so, so different, which I think is kind of unique to him and my number one, who we'll get into. Uh, and I think that's, like, a really interesting trait. Yeah, and for me, with Tony, like, the Spider-Man dynamic comes so... Like, after he's played Iron Man, like, eight, nine, ten times at this point, yeah. and it's a brand new side of him that, like, I really think only Robert Downey Jr. could achieve. And for me, like... I've never cried as much in a movie as I have at the end of Endgame. And that, that was, like, where I think it finally set in. This is how much of an impact Tony Stark and Iron Man has had on me for the last 10 plus yeah. years of my life. Yeah. Definitely. No arguments there. And yeah. also, all this, I, my favorite thing in the world is all the Iron Man suit changes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I just get so hyped every time. Off the top of your head, what's your favorite one? Oh. I think the, the first time he holds up his wrist and the... Uh, and the suit comes to him. So, like the beginning of Iron Man three. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, there were uh, there were better ones in Fury, but there was something about that one specifically that um, 
it, it was just like almost a new level of it. It's like, oh, he jumped a tear in terms of how yeah. fucking sick he can be. It's kind of funny how it goes from like putting it on with like cranes and shit yeah. to it's just in a, in a like a circle yeah, on it, his it chest. It literally turns yeah. into he touches his heart and the right. suit yeah. just comes. Well, What's also, your favorite, Ryan? My favorite Iron Man suit. Yeah. Up? Oh, it's Infinity War when he just touches his heart and all of a sudden the suit's on his body. Yeah, okay. Mine's the Iron Man 2 suitcase one where he, he's oh, at the racetrack so and he does, gets it. Because that's the first one where it doesn't need the crane. Right. And you're like, oh shit. Right. That's fair. Yeah, that yeah. One, so what I really liked was the subtle touch in Spider-Man Far From Home mm-hmm. where they're, him and uh, John Favreau's character are in Iron Man's plane and they have um, the suit changing thing and he could yeah. like, customize his suit. That was a nice touch. Yeah, I yeah, liked. yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and then Happy's looking at Peter like, oh my god, he's Tony Stark. Yeah. I yeah. guess I'll, that goes in my number two, Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, we talked about it a little Didn't bit. even plan that. The reason that Spider-Man is the most popular Marvel superhero is because he's the most relatable. Yeah. Uh, by that. far. Just the fact that it's this high school kid who's nerdy and just like, is just trying to go through life and got these Spider-Man powers. Yeah. And if not for the great, with great power comes great responsibility, he would be brushing it off but he realizes that he needs to do something with this and just that story how it it can be layered in so many different ways the comics have done in so many spider-man things we've already had three live action spider-mans however the quality of them they've all done something slightly differently which i think is besides the first andrew garfield movie which is just a remake of the first movie. sure um but they not with MJ. That was the key. True. She was blind. Oh, yeah. The girl was blonde this time. Exactly. And her father's a cop. So that's a, who's Dennis Leary. It's all different. Um, but I think this version of Peter Parker is the most the true best. form of this is a high school kid trying yeah. to figure out shit. Do you think he's he does it better than the Tobey Maguire one? I think he does high school. Yes, he, he hits the nerdy awkwardness better than Toby does. I agree. That's Spider Man Two is the better of the originals because that's him in college. Toby Maguire in college makes sense for the character. I think that's the be- his that best version of Spider Man. I think this one is perfect for his age. If mm. He's still trying to figure shit out. He's just kind of new, and he'll just talk his ear off because he's nervous and excited and all that, and is just a bundle of energy. Yeah. yeah. So um, I, I know I said Ned was my number seven. It was actually Peter Parker. Ned was eight and MJ was nine, actually. Yeah. Because I love all three of them as characters. And the di- like that dynamic, it feels like high school every time I'm watching Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Um, oh, I love Peter. I love Spider-Man. So do we have the same number one? What's your number one? We don't have the same number one. Okay. My number one is Thanos. Wow. My number one villain. Probably my number of seven. Of the MCU. And the reason for this is they started building up Thanos in 2012 like kind of no that that was when the first the f- end credit scene that you see him in sure like, and and for me and that's when people online started talking about okay they're building to thanos when we don't know but they are built and then like it was the slow build over the next seven years yeah so when you have seven years of build for a character that you really haven't seen much of besides end credit scenes yet and then they come in and they do, like, he does such a good job of getting out his motivation, of saying what he wants to do, and being a fucking badass. Yeah. Um, and the way Josh Brolin plays it differently in Infinity War and Endgame when he's playing, like, real Thanos, and then he plays Thanos, like, retired Thanos, and then he has to go back and play Thanos six yeah. years in the past. He, it's like, you see that Thanos always had the same motivation. He was always unwavering. And, like, I give Marvel so much credit for telling us 
We're gonna give you something in seven years, getting everyone super excited for it, and then delivering with a badass fucking villain. Yeah, and I think there is something, and I, I get what you're saying, and I also think there's something to the fact that like he was the overarching big bad for like more than a half sure. decade. Uh, and he really like kind of drove like the series and all the char- he was the reason all the characters got together and we got to have that fun. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that makes sense. And and uh, I forgot what I was gonna say. That's fair. About Thanos. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, why didn't Ant Man fly up his butt? I don't know. Uh, he should. <laughs> the have. world will never know. Yeah. There is a what if series on Disney Plus, so they could do that. For I think life. they will. Honestly, I don't think they will. They've <laughs> already said Josh Brolin is gonna be in it. Yeah. As Thanos. I just don't think they're gonna do Ant Man <laughs> going up his butt <laughs> for a imagine? Disney series. But okay, oh yeah, God. let's try it. Um, my number one uh, hasn't been said today. I don't think. Nope. Am I wrong? No. Nope. Uh, Captain America, Steve Rogers. Yep. Um, I just think he's one of the only characters that he doesn't change. The world changes around him. Kind, he changes kind of, because he does, of it. Yeah, he does obviously change, but I don't think his like morality or like it's like who he trusts changes, but his ideals and everything doesn't change. He doesn't and, trade lives. He doesn't, like, yeah. And just the fact that he starts off as, like, this soldier who really wants to be in the army. But even in the first movie, he's, like, disobeying orders to rescue his friends. Because he realized that's the right thing to do. And so I, th- I think it's just, he he's obviously the leader of the Avengers. And his arc is always just showing how, the, how to best prepare the Avengers. And then Civil War, one of the better movies. Um, Wait, I don't think he's it, the leader of the Avengers. It's either him or Tony Stark. It's kind of both of them. No, even even Tony said he's the leader. I just pay pay for everything. That was a line in Age of Ultron. He is the leader Uh, of the Avengers. Yeah, but that would be a Tony Stark thing to say. Yeah, but Tony Stark's not the leader. Captain America is like very clearly like the moral, like the lead, the leader of the team. Yeah, he's like. uh, Remember in Avengers where like Tony says, "What's the plan, Cap?" and Cap like says, "Hawkeye, you get up there." Widow, you do this, Fair. Hulk, smash. Like, Fair. Cap is the is the actual, like, here, I'm going to do the X's and O's. Fair. And, like, at the end of Age of Ultron, when they have the new Avengers, he's the one that's, like, Avengers assemble, but gets cut off. And he does it at the end as well. He's he's definitely the yeah. leader. Yeah, like, there's a reason he's the one who says Avengers assemble in Endgame. Yes. Um, uh, I will say, as I love his arc, I, like... Chris Evans does a remarkable job playing yes. him. But if I had to choose, I would take Sam and Bucky as characters over Steve Rogers. I love Bucky as a I character. I love Sam. Bucky, I, Bucky does nothing for him. And I'm very excited for uh, Captain I America well. Sam Wilson. I am as well. Because uh, uh, Sam Wilson is awesome. Because Anthony Mackie is fucking awesome. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right, uh, Logan, just do it. All right, my number one, and this is no surprise, is Black Widow. Yep. Um... I said this to you guys the other day, and Nick ended up agreeing, and Ryan pushed back. But I, I believe that she is the emotional center of the Avengers and yep. of every movie. Absolutely. Um, uh, every movie she's in. every movie she's in. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, similar. I referenced this earlier, but like how Tony Stark talks to different characters differently and really tries to like get to know them as people. Black Widow Natasha does that to the. Like a she million. has the most relationships, I think, with everyone and in terms of just like who she like can talk to and like and the most an and the and the most like very close personal relationships. Yes, more importantly, absolutely. Uh, and I think that uh, she, I mean, it's clear in the way that she like talks to uh, Captain America, the way that she's the only person that can calm down Hulk, Bruce Banner, mm-hmm. um, like all that sort of stuff. Like, and also like she absolutely kicks ass. Yes. Yeah. 
She's great, don't get me wrong. I just don't think she's the top three Avenger, personally. Okay. Or like, I mean, yeah, it's she, not on my list, but yeah, I, she's a great. She's Since a great. Pick. If you put like Nebula up there, be like, that's a little weird. And I think, and I think that um, what you were saying about how he doesn't, Steve Rogers, Captain America doesn't change. Mm-hmm. I think you can say the same thing about her. Right. Well, we. I yes. don't think she's given enough material to change personally. Or well, I think her she should have been given. happened already. Well, kind of thing. Fair, fair, fair. Yeah. And in since the, then, in the movies we've seen, absolutely. Yeah. It's the same kind of thing. Yeah. She, she. I don't think she'll always do for the what. She'll do what she thinks is right, which is not always what Cap thinks is right. Correct. Yeah. But I. Th- but I think that's an interesting. But I think that she's willing to uh, go with what Cap wants oh, to do. Oh, absolutely. For example, when she led him onto the plane in Civil, uh, Civil War, War. Yeah. Right. But not. You know, she was there to guard the plane and ended up letting him go because yeah. she realized that this was very important to him, and that was like that was a defining moment for me. In terms of liking her, where I was like, "Oh, you oh, hated that moment in the you hated that in the moment." I did because I I didn't like Captain America's um, motivation motivation for what he was doing, but I liked I liked that about her that she was willing to like see past a disagreement with her friend and let him do what he thought was best. Right, you know what I mean? Because I think they share. Maybe I didn't say it right. I think they share of what is the best for people, but. Cap will say we're not going to do it that way. Well, Black Widow will do basically whatever it takes yeah. to, to get it there. Yes. I think there's a very much a reason they chose to make like her the first sacrifice in Endgame. Like she clearly is like does have an emotional thing that the audience connects to. Yeah, and like they sent her and Hawkeye there for a reason and chose her. Like her sacrificing herself is so in line with her character. I will agree. Yes, with that. and Absolutely. it doesn't have the same emotional weight if Hawkeye. Even though I I have Hawkeye four, the emotional weight no. to the rest of the team could only happen with Black exactly. Yeah, that exactly. the rest of the team is like fuck. Like where no, is Matt? Nobody would have cared. She was so close. Exactly. To that I think yeah. that's nobody would have cared if ScarJo came back without Hawkeye. Yeah, <laughs> I'll just say it was not. Yeah, it would not have had the same like they're all like they're all like mad and like we need to do this for her. Yes. Now, Hawkeye doesn't. She have that has same. been my favorite since the beginning, and after she. Uh, Kill herself to get an Infinity Stone. I looked at Nick and Ryan. I said, "You guys knew this was coming, and you let her be my favorite for 22 movies." Like, was, yeah, your top two died. Couldn't be me. Yeah. Was, well, I mean, so did. Sorry, my top two sacrificed themselves for the greater good. Sorry. My top two didn't have to. That's that's. <laughs> not Steve a good Rogers thing. was just a selfish piece of Steve shit. Steve Rogers had a great fucking. Steve life. Rogers said, "Hail Hydra." Yeah, that was one of the most awesome He's, moments. That was a great moment. Think smarter, not harder. Yeah. Uh, should yeah. we get into honorable mentions? Tough to leave off. Yeah, I'll go. I, a lot of mine have been said. Uh, MJ is one. I love the MJ character. Oh, I think Zendaya's she's like, great. Yeah. She's great. Yeah. I think it's a, the relationship's cute. Yeah. Um, and it's different than normal MJ, who is just kind of like a person. And like yeah. they actually gave her a personality. For sure. Part of this one. And also, they like MJ, in obviously, like the way Kirsten Dunst played her and in the comic books, is always like. The girl everybody wants in high school, like they always portray her as that. Yeah. And in like Zendaya is like almost like a social, she plays her as like a social outcast. Yeah. And it's not, I was serious when I said Spider Man, Ned, and MJ were my seven, eight, nine. More so um, in the first one in terms of outcast, because she did seem to like have more friends in the second she, one. But she's still like that nerdy, like, you yeah. know, like yeah. anti establishment. Because of the murder. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just like, I don't know. I, I think it works. Um, yeah, I like her. And then I'll give my next three uh, Nebula, Loki, and Happy. 
Yeah, no. I'm big on that. I think does absolutely nothing for me. I think she's awesome in Endgame. Um, in, in the, I think she's fine. Like, I think she's really awesome in Endgame, and I, and I think Karen Gill- Gillan plays her really well. Again, having to play Nebula in the past and Nebula like in the present. Very true. Um, I would like to do a special shout out for Agent Phil Coulson. Ooh, a special <laughs> shout out to Agent Phil Coulson. He's Great character. I don't know why I resonated with him so much. Because uh, he was the first person you recognized. Because he was from, in West from West Wing. Like you recognize <laughs> him from West Wing in like the first movie he's yeah. in, and you're like, I love him. Yeah, because he, he's just down to earth, wholesome. Yeah, awesome and Captain Marvel. He's the first real depth yeah. of like, oh shit. True. Yeah. Um. And True. yeah, he's uh, great in Agent Shield too. No one said Hulk, and I like, I like him. I like Hulk slash Bruce Banner more than you guys do because I think that like duality of personality is pretty interesting. Sure. Uh, but obviously not enough to make the top six. I, I think he's fun when they put him in a movie, but I'm not. I'm not like oh. No, I don't want a Hulk yeah. movie. But right. I, I like how he could go from like smashing shit to like being on par with Tony Stark in terms of like intelligence. Thor Ragnarok's like, probably my like level of Hulk that I'm I. About. I think yeah. they are too inconsistent with his character throughout the movies. I feel like every movie we get a new and different Hulk. That's my problem with it. I get that. Which might be for like that's how Hulk. Yeah. Ev- yeah, evolves through the comic books, but I think that's supposed to be on purpose. Yeah, possibly, but I see. I always find a trouble to connect to Hulk because every movie I feel like I'm watching a different version. Fair. Of it. I yeah. think part of it is also they never give him like he never has like a 30 minute stretch where he's just like the guy in a movie. He's always like in a plane with someone else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas like every other character we've mentioned has they, like has like a moment. Well, we didn't watch the Incredible Hulk movie with a different actor, but it's just not well, good. well, well, we're not gonna. It's a different actor, so yeah, it's, it's yeah. hard to compare. It's Edward Norton. Yeah, not yeah. the same. But it's technically in canon. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Sorry. But I'm saying it's not. You know. Yeah. Mark Ruffalo, I think, does a really good job. Yeah. Absolutely. It. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Anyone else that you guys had? I, no. I said his name. I just want to give a special shout out to Happy Hogan, John Favreau. Yeah. Yeah. I love John Favreau. Yeah. Nothing. John. Can't complain about that. I he, Shuri he's, too. What? Shuri. Shuri. Yeah. Get mentioned. Yep. Thought about uh, it. Yeah. Uh, Shuri, just like John she, Favreau, is so money. In and the she doesn't comics, even know it. Uh, in the comics, she becomes Black Panther at some oh, point, that's dope. Um, and so that could be I'm probably not two, but maybe I had like, um, in the future. I had, no one said T'Challa at all. Yeah, that's oh, he was I was originally my number five, and then I like I like in, T'Challa, but I think the people around him. What I like about him is one, he surrounds himself with dope people, and two, he's um, a, a good morality rock. Yeah. I think for a lot of it, and you see how his uh, his mindset of like. What, how should Wakanda react to the outside world? You see how that changes, and he changes his opinion based on what people say around him. Yeah, and I respect that a lot. And he I, has a lot of differing opinions again, like that he's close with that he talks to right. about it. Yeah, but I also yeah. think he could have made more effort as a character to like turn Killmonger in terms of like instead of being like we have to fight, he could have like made an effort to be like we could be friends and rule together. Yeah, yeah I don't. Yeah, no, I, 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 I just want more Killmonger. Yeah, I think he had to interact with Killmonger the way he did or else Killmonger doesn't even touch this list. You know what I mean? Right. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's true. Yeah. Uh, do you guys want to recap? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. I'll go first. Six, Rocket. Five, Okoye. Four, Killmonger. Three, Thor. Two, Tony Stark, Iron Man. And one, Thanos. I've got six, Killmonger. Five, Valkyrie. Four, Hawkeye. Three, Thor. Two, Spider-Man, Peter Parker. And number one, Captain America, Mr. Steve Rock. My number sixes were Rocket and Groot. Nope. Number five, Killmonger. Four, Peter Parker, Spider-Man. Three, Nick Fury. Two, Tony Stark, Iron Man. And one, Natasha Romanoff, Black Widow. Only one on all three was Killmonger. 
That just shows wow. that Michael B. Jordan has the ability to do. A great villain. That's the yeah. sign of a great villain. It is. And you need to choose an actual number six. I, I can. I did. I already did. Oh, my God. It's a tie. Oh, my God. So that's uh, the end of Marvel probably for the Quarantine Podcast, at least for a little while. And that's the end of another great week of Quarantine. We'll be back here next week. We're still going to have shit to rank because we're going to still be here, you know, doing nothing. So we hope you come back and listen. The only way to find out what we're ranking, you got to tune in. So we'll see you then.